You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Josh. Josh, can, can you take out your, your headphones? Josh. Uh, what? Sorry, were you listening to something? Yeah, um, easiest life. What's that from? Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to our fifth episode of What's That From? This week we'll be exploring the musical Aida. Come on. Or as we like to call it, Elton John and Tim Rice's Aida. The timeless love story. <laughs> That's so like funny how they're like, Aida, also known as Elton John and Tim Rice's Aida. I'm like, okay, we get it. Like, <laughs> All right, you, you got it. Like, geez. I want to be like, that big of a name that. I get to have it like above the title of the show yeah, that I wrote. Seriously, like I'm like it's also known as just the people who created it plus the title. Like that, why? <laughs> Such an odd I thing. I thought. You know what I mean? Like it's not like Stephen Sondheim, Sweeney Todd. Right. You know, it probably had to do with drawing a crowd. It's true. I feel like Elton John. Yeah, and this is kind of like a story that I feel like. People would be like, I have no clue what that is. Then they're like, oh, yeah. come on. Oh, bomb yep. ticket. <laughs> yep. And Disney? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised this doesn't say Disney's, though. I know. I think maybe it's because Disney. I don't know. It's because it's not an actual Disney movie. So people would be confused. Yeah. They'd be like, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> Where? Yeah. All right, Josh. Um, hate to break this to you, but. Uh, it's your turn for the 30-second plot challenge. Okay, I'm ready. Um, oh, my God. Okay. I will say, I was trying to think of how I would do this one, and I was getting lost. So I'm I'm praying for you. All right. I got it on the clock. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Ready and go. Um, Egyptian army uh, seizes uh, Nubian people and the princess is in it and then she and the uh, oh god Egyptian army man fall in love but he's supposed to marry the pharaoh's daughter and become the new pharaoh but then he falls in love with the Nubian princess and then drama happens and then they get buried alive great you still had five seconds <laughs> you got stressed in the middle but I think you covered it all you did a good job I feel like a lot of the like plot 
like the love triangle stuff happens in the first act and then the second act is just like drama and then like death yes i would agree you know what i mean like i feel like all of the like talking points happen in the first act and the second act is just like everything that's been set up to fall apart you know i watched the bootleg with my dad and after at the end of the first act he was like is it over and I was like, yeah. oh, no, it does that thing. Like, it literally does the, like, into the woods thing where, like, the first act ends and you're like, ah, okay. And then, like, the second act, like, everything goes to hell. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, literally. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like you pretty much covered it. I mean, if you, give, like, if you like, I was tr- actually trying to explain this to one of my friends today because I loved it. I loved the show and I wanted to explain how it made me like cry at the end. But then I couldn't even explain it because there's so many things that happen that, you know, when you're just like you suddenly get lost and you're like starting to explain like the main characters, like second cousin who comes in for like one second but they're important because they made eye contact once and then later they make eye contact like i was getting into way too many details and i was like i'm exhausted (laughs) i was like i was like yeah there's so many things that happen like all you really need to know is like aida it's pretty it's basically a story of forbidden love is basically what's at the root of it there's just like a love triangle aspect because he was supposed to marry the Egyptian princess, but the, I feel like the thing that's like just important with that is like Aida. He gives Aida as like a slave to the Egyptian princess uh, as a gift. So then the Egyptian princess, um, her name's Armis. Is that Amneris? Um, Amneris. Oh my gosh! I, I like keep. I know their names, but I mix up all the letters of them. Yeah. Um, Amaris ends up getting like Amaris and. Radomies. <laughs> Amaris and Radomies both have a relationship with Aida. And I think that's important is that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just like these two girls after one guy. No. It's, yeah. It's they love each other too. They end up becoming good friends. Right. So yeah. it's, like a, it's kind of like, it really is a love triangle. Yeah. Like a true love triangle where all parties are like, they all care about each other, but like, yeah, I think that's like an interesting plot point is it's yeah it's not like two girls going after one guy and now it's awkward it's like no aida is the one pretty much holding them together right you know right so, but like a little more in depth she um amneris is um like the egyptian princess radamis is like the son of the head army guy of egypt who's the villain who's the villain and he's poisoning the current pharaoh so, so that his yeah, up into power. So that Radames would become the new pharaoh when he marries Amneris, and they just like seized a group of Nubian people, and Aida, the princess of the Nubian people, is in that group, but nobody else knows except for them that she's a princess. So she is disguised as one of the common people, and then ends up becoming handmaiden to Amneris because she stands out from the crowd because she pushes back whenever they're trying to seize them. And then from there is when they fall in love. Yeah, it's kind of, it's basically like love at first sight. Yeah. He's like that girl, feisty. She's like something special. And then uh, what comes next? Well, I think after that, it's just um, 
I feel like you just watch a lot of like you kind of get to see like Amneris's like outwardly she's super confident and stuff, but really she has a lot of insecurities and she ends up kind of confiding in Aida about it and you just kind of see like all their different relationships grow. I'd say like that that's kind of like the next section I think is just seeing like all the genuine connections that they make and then eventually once things get like solidified um Rodim Rodimi May Rodimis oh my god why can I never say this I think I'm saying it right I'm not 100% sure yeah um he uh his army captures Aida's father without like he doesn't know who Aida is he doesn't know she's the princess from Nubia so he's like yes we captured this guy like the king of the Nubians and she's like that's my leader. But like internally she's like, ah, my dad. Yeah. And like, so then that ends up being like a point of conflict. And the end of act one. Yeah. is like kind of like, they finally reach a point where like Aida and Radames are like, yes, like we know that like our love is mutual. And then he's like, ah, I caught your dad. And she's like, ah, no, like this was a beautiful <laughs> moment that we like, finally figured out we like love each other and now okay. i'm like yeah it's like the thing where it's like i'm pissed but i'm not gonna tell you why i'm pissed like yeah. he's like he's like i'm just like mad <laughs> but like he doesn't know that it's because like her literal father is the person that he just captured but also at the same time i was like why would you tell like he tried he like kind of like was so excited about it with her and i was like either way that's like a member like her people. Why would you brag to her right. about catching someone from her? I was like, I don't understand this. Oh boy. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> then Act Two, Amneris starts to pick up on Radami's being distracted in their relationship. That mm-hmm. he's not fully in it with her. Um, Aida gets to talk to her father. Yes. Oh, and then Radami's is um. Father discovers his affair. Yes. <clears throat> and tells him that that's going to ruin everything. And then it does. <laughs> because on the on the day of their uh, wedding, uh, Rodimus and Amneris' wedding day, they're like, okay, the plan is we're going to smuggle Aida's dad out of jail when all the commotion's going on with the wedding. Everyone's going to be distracted. But then... Uh, Amneris catches wind of it and everyone I mean I think everyone kind of like there's just like a general knowing this is going to happen I don't really remember exactly who found out but like some people come and they see him escaping and then Rodimus is like what like you're the princess and you didn't tell me that's so rude has this all been fake like were you just playing me this whole time and she's like no no like it was all genuine but I couldn't like reveal my identity to the people and all this stuff and then and they're like, yeah, well, this is against the law, so you guys are screwed now. And you got to be buried alive. <laughs> and, yeah, and then the uh, the sitting pharaoh, who's like the one that's being poisoned, is like dying. And um, Amneris is like, I, because I, I think the thing that's so cool about the story is like Amneris, like she does, she loves Aida and she loves Rodimus. Like she loves both of these people. So it's like, it's a conflict for her. And she even says something at the end, like, cause the Pharaoh is trying to be like, no, they disobeyed the law. Like burying them together shows them mercy. 
And she's like, you are dying. Like, you know, you're being poisoned. And we know like, and she's like, and I'm about to lose the only two other people that I genuinely love. And so like, she's like, I, it is my wish as like my, like as the Pharaoh, like it is my wish that they be buried together. And like, it's bad. It's hard enough for her to be burying like the two people that she loves anyway. But I thought it was a really cool moment for her to like, yeah, I love the drama. Being yeah, buried she, alive together, and and her being the one to decide it, even though that was who she oh, was going to marry, that was her best friend. Like, it's oh, so sad. And then the last song that when they sing it when they're being buried, I was literally like, "Rip my heart out!" Excuse me. Yep. yep. Yeah, it was. Just, I was so moved, and like one of my favorite parts about. The story is how they like boat, how they tie the little bow of like it opens up with them in this. It basically starts off in present day with two people at a museum looking at an Egyptian um, like artifact. And it's um, it's Amneris's like mm, statue. Yeah. I don't know if it's her mummy or something like I think it's just like a statue of her or yeah. like a, a relic or whatever. And then she comes out of it and sings a song about how like everything's a love story and then you kind of don't see that again until the very end when they go, it all like ties back up where they're back in this museum. And the two people, the two people are Rodimus and Aida. And it's like, it's so beautiful because at the end of the story, like when they're dying, Rodimus is literally like in another life. I believe there is a world for us like to be in love. And then they're in the museum Oh my god. I was like the waterworks were flowing. I was like that was so beautiful. So beautiful. And when it opened, I was kind of like, wow, that is like the most intense museum like set that is on stage for actually one whole minute. Like they literally sing the opening song and then the museum went away, but then when they brought it back in the end, I was like, it's necessary. Like they needed it. Yeah, really cool. And that's why I love Disney. Love Disney. Love the production value that Disney can bring. Oh my gosh. I read somewhere that the, I think, oh, actually it recouped its, because it ran for a really long time. I know. When I looked at the, when I, re- I read the reviews before I saw how long it ran for, so I was really confused why it got such like awful, like ripping it apart reviews. Yeah. I guess it. For like four years, right? Yeah, it's like the 34th longest running Broadway show in history. Wow. And it recovered its investment in 99 weeks. So it generated $12 million in profit. Wow. So I'm assuming they must have spent like millions. Yeah. Yeah, but I was like, I was super impressed with all of it. So I'm so sad that it got bad reviews because I really thought like personally – I would have definitely been one of the people that was like against the reviews. You know what I mean? It's like me with SpongeBob. You know what I think it is? Oh my God, SpongeBob. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, I think what it is, is this came out in what? 2000s written in like the late nineties. I think yes. there wasn't that many contemporary type shows like this coming out then. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think this was, on, ready. yeah, it was on the verge of all those contemporary rock musicals. I mean, I mean, uh, I don't know. There's like a lot. This does kind of sound like the rock musicals of the 80s and like yeah. early 90s. So maybe not, but 
now since it's like such more of a staple on broadway than it was back then i feel like that now like if this was on broadway now this would be like art compared to some of the things on broadway now yes also like i feel like why hasn't there been a revival of it recently like Whoa. it makes sense they're planning one what yeah you didn't know that no around is i'm um, choreographing it i think Wait, no i'm not sure but yeah Paper Mill was supposed to do it this season, and then I think it was supposed to go on like a mini tour or something. But they're reworking it. And Camille Brown's choreography. Like I hope that Tommy. Like there's all these shows that I'm like obsessed Tommy. with that are supposed to have these revivals that I'm yeah. like. I hope they do. Tommy would be awesome. Tommy's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. But anyways. But, yeah, like, because I think that this show too, especially with like. I don't know. I feel like when Rocket Man, the movie came out, everyone was like, Elton John, you know what I mean? And like, I feel like there's a new wave of Elton John. True. That's true. And, and I feel like this musical sounds, it sounds like Elton John. Yeah. Like there are a lot of songs where I'm like, if you like took the words out of this, I wouldn't have known. I would know that that was an Elton John song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I just thought about something. Okay. So me and Kate were talking about this before we started recording, but they were we read somewhere online that they were going to make a movie out of this with Beyonce as Aida and um, Christina Aguilera as Amneris but hear me out what if Lady Gaga is Amneris can you imagine the costumes I feel like she would be incredible yes yeah that's just like not it's just not right. Well, th- I also saw a thing because I think the the idea of this Beyonce Christina Aguilera thing was in like 2007. Yeah. Like it was a while ago, which is shocking to me because I was trying to um I was I watched the bootleg with my dad, so I was trying to explain it to him, and I was like the show was in 2000. I'm like that's 20 years ago because he was like, "Did you see it?" And I was like, "Well, I would have been 3." Yeah. So, no, but I'm like Wow, that was a long time ago. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't, I don't know. It's a, like 2000 is such an abstract year in my brain. Me too. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, but like they, I, because I also saw a thing that Whitney Houston was supposed to no play. Way. Yeah, that she was supposed to play Aida. Like, so the idea was Beyonce, and then it went on to be Whitney Houston. But then when she passed away the idea just never got brought up again. Wow. Which like all these people I'm like, all right. So like, obviously the trend is like powerhouses. I mean, we haven't even talked about Heather Headley, the queen herself. 
Like she Tony was award-winning. Tony award winning for this performance. And I really think she deserved it because I mean, she just was like belting for oh, the gods. Yeah. In every number. I was like, Oh my God. Like I just bet like, I, there's like a character description I was reading and it was like mezzo slash belter. I was like, it should just say like, must be able to belt for two hours. She also like gets the best songs. Like, ugh. Literally like rip your heart out songs. Yeah. And then Adam Pascal. Rent. Yeah. <laughs> Rent. Rent. <laughs> I was like, okay, like. Their voices together were great. I thought he was a perfect choice. He was great. And they all have such specific voices. Like, they all don't have, like... Like, I don't feel like I've ever heard anybody that sounds like his voice, Heather Hadley's voice, or Sherry Renee Scott, who played him near us. I feel like all of their voices are so unique. So, like, you wouldn't think they would all go well together, but they do. Right. And, yeah, that's, like, the thing is... I was like, wow, why do they all blend so well? Like, I feel like it could have been a train wreck, but it, instead it was just like a beautiful masterpiece. Yeah. What's your favorite song? My favorite song actually is fortune favors the brave. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like running today and I was like, this oh. song is a bop. Like if you need like a hype you up, like, like look in the mirror and be like, get this day. Like that song just amps up. What about you? Um, definitely my strongest suit. It's the most fun. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. I also really like um, Easiest Life. And I also like I Know the Truth. I like all three of those. Yeah. That was such a good song, I Know the Truth. Yeah. There were so many good ones. Yeah, there were some good ones. Like, I, I really was so pleasantly surprised. Like, listening to it i just felt like every song that came out i was like okay like this is like they build and even like the slow ballad songs sometimes those are like a little hard for me to listen to not like i don't know <clears throat> i'm not watching them i'm just like yeah okay but even these ones like they move you yeah. know they got soul i think like the whole show has like a really good like i don't know like center i really like when when pop singers or pop writers write musical theater things and they're good like i really like that because i'm like wow like you're really talented no i literally was just thinking today i was like my favorite relationship is elton john and the disney theatricals yeah like how cute of them like they're so cute when they are together (laughs) like he, he writes such good stuff i feel like yeah i'm like elton come on are you working on anything right now? Honestly, maybe. Time. Yeah, but I was, I'm bummed that this isn't, um, even like an animated film. I feel like yeah. it'd be such a cool, like, Disney princess, but like, different. I yeah, guess it is like, really sad in the end. So like, I'm not sure. Can you imagine like Beauty and the Beast being buried alive? <laughs> Like your like your daughter's dressing up like Aida for Halloween, but like you just they're like, oh my gosh, and then at the end when like her and the prince both go into the chamber and are buried alive. Yeah, that'd probably I guess be pretty problematic. They may yeah, need to change that. that. I don't want them to. I like the drama. I do too. Apparently, actually, 
I read that the there was a non-equity tour that went out of it. And the non-equity tour wrote, like, changed some of it with, like, approval from Disney. Hmm. Yeah, so it was during, yes, during 2006 and 2007, they had this non-equity tour and they changed the script to make it more dark. Wow. They took out, like, all the shtick, like, comedy stuff, especially, like, Amneris' stuff. And then they, like, made it more serious. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. I'd have to see it. <laughs> You're like, I like the shtick. Keep it in. Okay, but sometimes, though, like, it is so such a sad story. I do feel like you do need some of those, like, lighthearted moments or else the whole thing is just, like... Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess going kind of off of that, I mean, it was based off of an opera. Right. That was its, which, I mean, the drama, it's so high drama. It doesn't surprise me that it started as opera. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Like, I kind of wish that this was a rock opera. Like, I wish that there wasn't scenes in this. Like, I wish it was more like Evita, like the Andrew Lloyd Webber type thing. Like, it'd be cool if like it went from an opera to a rock opera. Like, that would be cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it would. Yeah, because some of the scenes i it's so weird now because i feel like so many musicals are sung through or have so much singing and barely any scenes that now when musicals have long scenes i'm like are they gonna sing soon <laughs> you know what i mean that's a good point i do like the slung through thing maybe in the when they make the movie with gaga and beyonce though that the world is not ready for that. I don't think like that would, I would be so, I, you would, I wouldn't get off the floor for like a week. I'd yeah. be like, I, I can't move. Like this, this casting is too good. Well, Beyonce voiced um, Nala in the remake of the Lion King. So she's saying Elton John's music before. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's got it in with Disney. The two most powerful people in the world, Disney and Beyonce. Disney and Beyonce. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, okay, so it was nominated for five Tony Awards and it won four. So, like, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. 2000. I mean, it won. Yeah, Heather Headley, obviously, which was a no brainer. They also won Best Original Musical Score for Elton John and Tim Rice's lyrics. Good for him. It won Best Scenic Design. It was Bob Crawley. He also did the best costume design. He was nominated but didn't win. But he won for best set. So at least he won one of them. I was like, ah. he was like, ah, I only won one. And then um, <laughs> lighting design too for Natasha Katz, which I yeah. thought watching the camcorded 2000 bootleg, which is on YouTube, would highly recommend. Not that I recommend bootlegs, but it's just um, it's art. And... I will say from the video, the lighting and the like scenic design and everything was like Disney. It's Disney level. Powerful. Uh, yeah. That's a good word. Powerful. Yeah. What would you rate, Aida? I'd give it a solid seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. I I think if I saw it, I think I would would be more impressed by it. But I only read it and listened to it. So I think I could be a potential eight and a half, but I'm going to give it a seven and a half until I actually see it. Yeah. I would have to give it like eight or eight and a half. Cause I like, even from this poor quality bootleg, I like was crying. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just like, so 
I don't know. They're just like some moving people. Like their voices are so, I don't know. There was just a lot of stuff where I was like, even though I can't, even though it's a bit grainy, I can feel it from your voice. And that's right. pretty that's pretty powerful. It is pretty powerful. Yeah. But it did. Yeah. I mean, it did well on Broadway. So like, I mean, the reviews can say what they want, but it, it made $12 million. So right. <laughs> I guess it's kind of a. And people do it often. Like high schools do it a lot. Yeah. Which this is another show where I'm like, I maybe, I feel like my high school had like fairly talented people, but like to have enough people to like belt these songs, like, I don't know, all these shows that we've done that have had like a popular community theater, like high school theater following. I'm like, I cannot imagine someone that's 15 singing like, I don't know. I know the truth. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if I want to see that. <laughs> I do either. I mean, I guess like, eh, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, it, it, um, I feel like it's also interesting too, like, cause it had, it was pre-Broadway in Atlanta and Chicago. So it started at the Alliance Theater and then it moved to Chicago where they like, they changed quite a few things i think when they first did it it was just the only set was a huge like (laughs) billion dollar pyramid that broke down all the time so they had to like scrap it but they wasted so much money on it (laughs) and then like it's funny when you see like the broadway one they have like 50 million set changes i'm like okay so you guys really you just thought minimalist giant pyramid to like fifty thousand set changes yeah you know a six yeah a six ton six ton pyramid shaped set piece in the center wow yeah and it was originally called elaborate lives the legend of aida Hmm. but then they changed it glad i like aida better yeah it it just like hits you Elaborate Lives doesn't sound like a musical. It sounds like a song, like it is. But yeah, it it's like a soap music. opera. Yeah. Isn't there some soap opera called something like that? Yeah. <laughs> Days of Our Lives. But yeah, lives. yeah, I think it's very soap opera-y. Yeah. But then also some drama when it was, um. Oh, wait. Also, just to go back to this six-ton gold thing, um, I see the price here. Um, It was constructed at a price of nearly $10 million. <laughs> this yeah. <park> change for <laughs> Disney. Wow, that's terrible. They really lost so much money on that. But then when they went to the Cadillac Palace in Chicago, this was um in nineteen ninety-nine. They made they made a bunch of changes to the team too, like the production team, which I thought was kind of interesting. I wonder if there was like tea with that. You know, like people kind of upset. But then um, that's when, like, yeah, Heather Headley was Aida, Sharon A. Scott was Amneris, and then Adam Pascal also joined as Rodimies for, like, the first time. And then, um, yeah, they, like, replaced the set designer, replaced the director. And then Wayne Salento came on as the choreographer, which I also think is cool. It was cool. And then, yeah, but uh, there was drama with that, too. Because uh, during a, the Chicago run, 
a set issue occurred during one of the performances, which uh, injured both Heather Headley and Adam Pascal. Um, this is from a website I'm reading this off of, but it says, according to an eyewitness report, while the two actors were being conveyed in a suspended box-like tomb at the climax of the show, the set piece broke from its support and plunged approximately eight feet to the stage. Uh-huh. A subsequent press release from the show's publicist stated that Headley and Pascal sustained minor injuries and were taken to Northwestern Me- Memorial Hospital for examination. So they were in it? They were in the tomb when it fell? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but they were both okay. They got out the same day. But yeah. then from then on, the tomb remained on the ground. <laughs> Good. It was cursed. They were talking about Egyptian stuff and then cursed. Maybe. Maybe. Aida, the cursed Egyptian show. Yeah. Overall, I loved it. The yeah, music so good as an album i think it rocks i really I, yeah, I think- I say, like i finished it and i was like rock on <laughs> he said rock on <laughs> yeah you <laughs> know you cats and kittens rock on man <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i don't know i really thought it was great and like they when they were on broadway too i mean they had a lot of big people come in and play the roles too which i thought was like all the replacements were nuts like from like ameris it's like idina menzel they had like a whole bunch of yeah and like pop stars like tony braxton michelle williams played aida oh really yeah they were like placing them left and right with like pop star after pop star but i mean the vocals i feel like aida without the vocals is like yeah ocean without water right (laughs) you know what i mean yep right yeah, so I think um, that's Aida. That's Aida. Follow us on Instagram at WTF underscore Bway. That's WTF underscore Bway. And look out Monday for our next musical reveal with Lib B. I don't know if we know. <laughs> I don't think we do, but we will know soon. <laughs> Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.